Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast, sponsored by AJF Plastering, with myself, Steve Visbaum, and this week, no bearded legend. However, we do have a good friend, a gallery chum, shall we say. Not so a bearded legend, but probably to, fair to say, the fourth outlooker, the 15% discount king. <laughs> Mr. Adam Francis. Hello, how you doing? Mate, all good. So, you've been on the podcast many a time. Everyone will know you as our sponsors, and we'll do the sponsorship update yeah. in a while. You've always been a bridesmaid, never a bride. But here we Absolutely. are. <laughs> here we are this evening um, to talk about the week that was. But before we do, it's been a pretty dramatic first five games or three games. So, what are your thoughts on the season so far? I think it's a really positive start, to be honest. I think um, leading up to uh, leading up to the start of you know the first game, I think everyone was a little bit sort of apprehensive. Not many signings, you know, the COVID nineteen situation affecting the club in many different ways. Um, but positively, the fans have got behind the club. I wouldn't say the club that you know the fans have completely got behind maybe the management and the, and, and the uh, lack of signings to begin with. But the fans in their numbers have got behind the club. The season started, and I'd like to hope that um, some of the doubters and they're having their minds changed because I think um, I think Ross and the team um, have done really well considering. I think uh, yeah, we haven't made that many signings, but we've got a team that's sort of gelled. And although people think we have, oh, we haven't signed that many signings. I mean, Cisse only played a few games for us. We haven't seen the best to see, say. Johnson didn't play that many games. So, you know, these are two players that are still like practically new signings, as well as the goalkeeper, who I think has made the world a difference personally. Um, so, it's been a reasonable, well, it's not been a reason, it's been a solid start. I think if, if um, five games in, people have said you're four, draw, four, four wins and a draw, Jesus, you'd, you'd step your hand off. So, um, and 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 the manner of um, some of the results has been, uh, which I'm sure we're going to speak about. Mm. You know, the last two, but the manner of the results as well. There's games there. You know, your first five games you look at and you think, oh, Forest Green away, that's tough. Plymouth, Jesus, we don't do well against Plymouth. Um, Mansfield, good side at home, but uh, sorry, good side with all new signings. Um, Brighton under twenty. All of these teams. It wasn't. I don't think it's been an easy start. Um, so to come out of it with four wins and a draw, excellent start. Really pleased. Brilliant. Glad you're here. Always enjoy talking. Uh, Orient with you, man. With a very common sense approach. Very common uh, sense hat on. I think so. Not everyone does. <laughs> so Adam is here all evening, and what an episode we have coming up for you. We have two games to talk about with very dramatic conclusions with lots and lots of your views on them as well as all the news from earlier in the week plus an interview with the one and only Super Joshy Coulson. So Super Joshy Coulson makes his own Outlook podcast debut later in the podcast but first of all I'll let Adam do our sponsorship update, so over to you. Right, so AJF Plastering, we are an Essex-based plastering rendering company that covers all aspects of domestic and commercial work. We specialise in the silicon colour render systems, if nobody knows what that's all about. Um, get in contact with me and I'll explain more. 
And the best part of it is, I'm sure everybody knows it by now. You must know this by I now. I bored the life out of everybody <laughs> with this. I get constant joke tweets regarding my 15% discount. Uh, and, and it seems that my 15% discount sort of... Um, Somebody else has taken on the 15% um, in, in James Cadby, so I'm pleased with that. Um, but I'm the original 15%, let him know. Uh, so the best part is we offer 15%, and that is a genuine 15% discount to all Leighton Orient fans, staff, and players. There's been lots of fans and staff and even players. James Dayton's taken us up on the offer. Brilliant. Um, everybody's had a, you know positive, um, positive words to say about the work we do. Um, so, for any more information, and definitely the blessed pass we're in a rendering prices around, <laughs> you can visit our website at www.ajfplastering.co.uk, or you can email me on ajfplastering@outlook.com, or visit AJF Plastering on Facebook, quite a few Orient yeah. fans follow me on there as well, or you can follow me on Twitter on Big Ads LOFC. Yep, so if you need anything done, plastering and rendering, please contact Adam. 15% off for all O's fans and staff. And like Adam said, Mr. Dayton has partaken, Steve Embleton, lots of fellow fans as well. And it's great to see how well your business yeah. goes down. Really good to see. So Adam, like I said, is here all evening. So before we talk about the week that was, just a quick word from the Supporters Club, who sadly will not be open for the foreseeable future as membership is currently suspended but Karen has said, please continue checking the website, which is orientsupporters.org or on Twitter at LFC Supporters for further updates. So obviously, with no fans in grounds, the sports club can't open at the moment, which is a real shame because it's a great hub for Orient fans to connect and yeah. talk and have a drink. I have also seen on Twitter that a few fans are still offering to, you know, to, to, to pay their yeah. memberships, um, which I think is, uh, is fantastic. You know, It's really great to see that uh, our fan base is getting behind the club and other organisations that are involved with the club. It's, um, it's really good. Yeah, really good. Really strong Orient uh, fan community. Yeah, 100%. So let's go on in to the week that was. Lots to talk about, lots of drama, as well as that Josh Coulson interview. So let's start off then with Coulson Monday, 14th of September. Yeah, so Lawrence Vigaru was named in the League 2 Team of the Day in the Football League paper, following his clean sheets against Oldham Athletics. So well done, Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, you spoke about him at the beginning. We spoke about him last week. He has made such a massive difference I think so. to the defence. And Danny Johnson, quite rightly, goes away and takes the plaudits by getting his 90th minute goals or getting five and five. But Vigarou, for me, has been a huge game changer. Like I said last week, who I think has just gone slightly under the radar. Mm. I think it's a bit... Um, I think I think Twitter and uh, Facebook and all the other sort of uh, social media outlets, uh, everyone's in top to opinion. I, you know, I love this uh, opinion word. Everyone's in top to opinion. But I am quite surprised, if I'm honest, that there are... It's not many, but there are a few people that think that Sam Zion is a better goalkeeper. I have, you know... Without getting too personal on it, I, I, I don't think that's the case at all. I think Lawrence Figaro is a far more uh, commanding goalkeeper. And when you've got, you know, let's face it, at the end parts of last season, their defence was a little bit shaky. And um, even start of the season, there's been a, you know, a few little glimmers of it. When you've got somebody at the back constantly shouting, constantly shouting, which you can hear on the audio stream, you know, he's constantly talking to his defence. We haven't had that with Sam. Maybe that's just not his personality. He's a great shot stopper, but personally, uh, Vigarou has to be number one for me. Yeah, I think Sam's time will come. 
in the future. He's still very young. It's easy to discard him because he's, he's been around for a long time. Yeah, the only problem with that is, though, is he's 22, 23 now. Normally, goalkeepers, when they're 22, 23, yeah. they've already made their stamp on the squad. Um, I fear that his chances may be gone, but only time will tell because obviously if we get an injury to Vigarou or Vigarou's form dips then Sam's going to get another chance and it's about taking that chance once you've got that jersey it's about taking that chance absolutely yeah good point so moving on into Huey Tuesday the 15th of September time for the main event of that evening as Plymouth Argyle visited Brisbane Road in the Cowboy Cup second round so the team was announced with Vigarou in goal at the back Sam Ling Josh Coulson Jamie Turley Joe Widowson, the midfield, Joby McEnough, Josh Wright and JMD, and up top, Louis Dennis, Raul Sotiriu and Lee Angle, with Sam Sargent on the bench, with Ogie, Cissé, Dayton, Brophy, and Johnson. Actually, there's a typo in that, because it's Vigoro Thomas, not Ling. Mr. Levy, bad boy, put in the wrong person <laughs> there. Apologies for that. Yeah, there were eight changes from the opening day victory over Oldham, as Louis Dennis came in for his first appearance of the season, along with Joby McEnough and Raul Sotiriu as Dan Happy was left out as a precaution after suffering a knock at Boundary Park, with Jamie Turley taking his place in the starting eleven. Yeah, I mean, there was quite a few changes there. I think you know, we said there were eight, but just goes to show you the strength and depth that we actually have in the squad. And it's been a tough time, um, not just for football, but obviously over the world. Lots of players have been released, so you wouldn't expect to be released. But our squad, and again, we've mentioned it a few times, is still pretty big. And that starting team has got some pretty good players who can come off the bench or who aren't playing on Saturdays and come and play in a big cup game on a Tuesday. And yeah. I think I pointed out, massive chance for Louis Dennis, who we all expected so much from last season. And for one reason or another, we never saw anywhere near the best of Louis Dennis. But you know, a clean slate this season, if you want. Yeah, absolutely. I expected the squad rotation to give uh, you know minutes to other people's legs. You know, uh, Good opportunity to see what Thomas can offer. Think he bit of a bit of a slow start for him, but then you know, into further it. into the game, he, he you know, he comes up trumps, uh, and also like you say, uh, gives Dennis a chance to make a contender for league games. I think again, you know, talking about lack of signings, how many appearances did Louis Dennis actually make last season? And um, you, you hear sort of snippets that you know maybe say he had a bad attitude, but there, there was you know personality problem maybe, and you know didn't feel settled or you know few other issues going outside which I think even Martin Ling's alluded to in interviews so perhaps he's had the summer to gel sorted himself out and, and again if we get the best of Louis Dennis which let's face it we haven't seen yet mm. and uh, I think uh, I remember him playing against us you know for Bromley um, and he was difficult he's a difficult okay. character so again it's a massive opportunity for him now to say you know what I want this spot I'm going to play as well as I can, and give Ross headaches because Ross is is like you say, we've got a very big squad, a lot of a lot of strength in depth. Some people might not think we've got strength in depth. I, I honestly think we have, and uh, it gives um, gives Ross a headache, which is always good. It's headaches that Ross wants to have. Hundred percent. So we got lots of tweets once the team was announced. So these are all tweets that came into us at Orient Outlook. So Orient Fan TV tweeted us and said, Utilising the squad, games coming thick and fast at this early stage of the season. So I was expecting a few changes. And then he said, DJ to come off the bench to score the winner. Yeah. Jagsy 1979, no real surprise. It was always made clear that Ross was going to rotate the team to give people minutes. Glad to see Dennis back. 
looked good in pre-season according to a few people. Yeah, I mean, to go back to Dennis, we signed him, if you remember, quite late on in the season. Marquee so, signing. Yeah. Well, wasn't he? So he might not have had a pre Like, he didn't really have a pre-season at Orion. And I think Ross alluded yesterday that on the Plymouth post-match, Danny Johnson now feels settled. He's like not living in a flat. Like he's now settled yeah. and he's had pre-season. So just shows you the importance of a, of a pre-season with yeah. your teammates and getting fit. Kid Sampson, oh, tweeted us, said, genuinely happy to see that we're taking a potential tie with Spurs under 23s less seriously than a higher division side. Rotation is going to be key during this truncated season and the fresher we keep our players, the better. We can overcome more talented sides with squad management so game kicked off let's talk about the game then yeah so the match kicked off and in the fourth minute Jordan Thomas broke down the right hand side and a shot wide and four minutes later Raul Saturio saw his shot flipped over the bar by Plymouth goalkeeper yeah Cooper so decent start getting some chances getting some shots on goal we took this one from the club's Twitter feed in the 15th minute saying Orient are playing some lovely stuff here so two intercepts and passes to Maguire Drew who turns on the edge of the box and calls an effort wide so at this point Warrior, we're not spoken yeah. about any Plymouth attack, which is which is good really because obviously they're a League One side, and I would imagine that they've put out a strong. You know, don't know their squad too well, but I would imagine yeah. they've put out a decent team because everybody wants a good cup run. Absolutely. So, um, right in the seventeenth minute, the O's went agonisingly close as Cooper parried a Louis Dennis cross before blocking Rule Soturio's shot somehow of his head to keep the match goalless. Yeah, so a few chances. We didn't capitalise on. And then always the way we were made to pay for those two minutes later as Plymouth took the lead through Hardy as he strolled through the defence really far too easy. Beat Joby McEnough and Josh Corson. Uh, got through to Vigoru who blocked his close range effort. And the ball fell to Kamara who just smashed it into the net. 1-0 Plymouth. I mean, disappointing goal to concede there. Yeah, and I think even, uh, it even shows that um, Joby McEnough is not um, immune to a criticism because I think <laughs> I personally think if you watch it back he strolled past McEnough like he wasn't there and uh, I think McEnough would be disappointed he didn't try to put more of a more of a, an effort into stopping him going forward even if he just took a cheap foul outside the box you know yeah, just stop the guy getting in the area yeah good point so a goal down at that point um, at that point Port Plymouth were unfortunate not to double their lead just three minutes later some neat patient possession down the right-hand side, so Hardy get into our box, worked an angle, and his effort just went over after shaving the crossbar. Yeah, then Rul Soturio stung the hands of Cooper in the 26th minute as he picked the ball up just outside the box. He drove in and got his shot off. Yeah, Plymouth, though, doubled their lead in the 33rd minute as McEnough stood off Plymouth's Danny Mayer, who advanced into the box. He fed Kelland Watts, who had time and space from close range, placed the ball into the net past Vigru. And it was 2-0 to Plymouth. Paul, who's not here this evening, made a point saying, where was Thomas? Why was he in the middle of the box instead of in the right-back position, helping McEnough pour from us? And again, when you look at it, you do say, where, how is the right-back in the middle of the pitch and leaves McEnough exposed at a 2-1 and fully punished us? And we were getting battered on the wings at this point from, from what I could see. Yeah, I think um, I think the formation that we're we're now going with. I think formation is still quite a big thing amongst us fans about you know what position are we actually playing. But I think the way that they're you know and the, should should uh, Brophy be playing at left back? You know, rah rah rah. Um, That's coming later yeah, in the podcast. Well, believe but what me. I'm getting at is I, th- I believe the way that he's <laughs> the way that he's set it up is so that when the wingers bomb on, midfielders are, I think are supposed to really drop back. So is it entirely Thomas's fault? You know, that's what you've got to look at. Because if he's told to bomb on, 
you know, in the, in the passage of play previous to the goal, if he's bombing on and then he's out of position because that's the style of play we're playing and, and the midfielder's supposed to come in and, uh, and fill that position and the midfielder hasn't done his job also, it can't all just be Thomas's fault. Yeah, good point. So two down, but in the 35th minute, almost an instant response. There's a quick free kick taken by Jamie Turley. Sees the ball play to Satoru on the right wing. He drove into the box. Somehow he made space, got his shot away. Cooper beaten, but the ball hit the bar. I thought Raw was having a really good game. It was really lively and up for it, which was good to see, obviously. I just love the way that when Raw gets the ball, it's like tunnel vision. It's like he's got the, the blinkers on. He just yeah. looks for the goal and he just he wants to get the ball out of his feet <laughs> as quickly as possible and Absolutely. shoot. Um, brilliant. Um, Lawrence Vigarou prevented it from being 3-0 in the 42nd minute as a superb pass went through our defence to Telford, but Vigarou saved the shot of his feet as Josh, took, Josh Wright blocked the follow-up shot as a referee brought the half to a close. After, as despite playing some good football, the O's found themselves with it all to do being 2-0 down at the break. So, decent passage of play, I think, again, from the first 25 minutes, it was all basically us and just got zapped by Plymouth and their quick attack. So, frustrating to be 2-0 down. As Orion Titus said, frustrating. Plymouth in control, but had one of our many early chances gone in, it would have been a totally different game. Yeah, Terence Coates too. Not a moan, just an observation. The O's are too panicky and shaky. Need more patience and to play our normal game. Fully get why Ross may not make changes, but this looks like a game for Brophy. There's no lack of effort from the O's. Just need to channel the energy efficiently. Chef Kemp once. I think we'll miss those early opportunities. Plymouth have got far too much space out wide. Hoping Ross sorts that out in the second half. Yeah, the second half kicked off with no changes, but in the 51st minute, Josh Coulson was replaced by James Brophy, who went to left-back as Joe Widdison was moved to centre-back. Yeah, so Ross said post-match that Josh had been unwell, I'm struggling, and obviously we'll talk about that with Josh um, when we come to interview him. And just four minutes later, the O's got a lifeline. There's a corner pinged around the box, eventually went to JMD on the right side of the Plymouth area, and his pinpoint cross was met by Louis Dennis as he volleyed in at the back post to make it 2-1, suddenly, game on. Yeah, what a great finish as well. To You know, somebody who's had low in confidence last season, it just shows that, you know, it, it, I'm one of these people that always thinks if you're in the box, you get a shot, you should you should at least be getting it on target. But, I mean, that's quite a decent technique. He's had to watch the flight yeah. of the ball and he's had to connect with it absolutely bang on time. Um, and let's face it, league two strikers and midfielders, they don't always do that. They sometimes end up <laughs> over, over the south stand. Um, but he's hit that sweet straight at the top corner, yeah. goalkeeper's own chance. A lot harder what it looks. Great to see Louis Dennis um, on the score sheet. 62nd minute in the second sub for the O's as Louis Dennis was replaced by James Dayton. Yeah, and on 70 minutes, George Cooper forces Lawrence Vigarou into an acrobatic save as he flicked the ball over the bar. Yeah, important save there. Vigarou, again, like we've spoken about already, he can be quiet for 15, 20 minutes, but when he's at yeah, call, always concentrating and always ready to make make the save. So, big save that one, as it turned out. Yeah. In the 74th minute, the O's levelled the tie. Great goal, this one. Superb mm. ball over the top from Jordan Thomas on the right-hand side. And a quite immense, beautiful first touch from Joby McEnough. Saw him in behind the Plymouth defence. And as Cooper advanced to close the angle, McEnough deftly chipped the ball over him into the empty net to make it game well and truly on at two all. I mean, when I saw that come through, I was like, what on earth is going he, on? He's a machine. I mean, to be injured <laughs> like he was last season and to have the level of fitness at that age still, 
to uh, unless you know, like I say, Plymouth were, were a very good side last year. What they're going to be like in League One, you know, we don't know. But they're a good side, and and so they've got good defenders. And uh, he, he t- it was the first touch. I mean, Thomas's ball yeah. over the top is a great ball, but Joby sort of pulls his leg back and flicks it forward, and he takes it straight away from the defender. And after that, the defender's just chasing. And I think they're open from that distance out. That he's instead of taking him out of fouling, in which. In hindsight, I think they should have done. Absolutely. The goalkeeper's come racing off his line and Joby Mack, a true professional, shows his class and shows why he's been at the top level. And uh, it's a superb finish. And only his second ever uh, League Cup goal. Last one being 18 <laughs> years ago. Incredible. According to a stat I heard. Yeah, that is true. That is very true. Wimbledon versus Portsmouth in October 2002 when I was a mere young 22-year-old lad, Joby McEnough was scoring his last goal. So well and truly game on. 76 minutes in, saw the third and final substitution for the O's as Leanne Goal made way for the O's in form. Top scorer, Fox in the box, Danny Johnson. And as the match approached its conclusion, three minutes of added time uh, were added on as a look, the game looked to be heading to penalties. However, the 91st minute, James Brophy played a long ball up to Danny Johnson on the left-hand side of the pitch. The Plymouth defender completely miskicked the ball, didn't deal with it, which let Johnson in, who surged into the box, looked up, only Cooper to beat, and placed it beautifully under Cooper, into the far post, and it's Orient 3, Plymouth 2. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, I mean... Imagine if the crowd were in the in the ground. What an atmosphere! Oh my god! Um, but I mean, what was the defender doing anyway? Why didn't he just head it out? The ball was at a height. We could just nudged it out of play for a throw in. He could have got back in in his position, and then the goalkeeper's got to be disappointed. Great finish, but from the angles, the goalkeeper set himself up to to make the striker only put it at the near post by blocking off the back post. He's still, I mean, Danny Johnson, he's, you can't stop him, can you? You can't stop him. I mean, that's quite a similar goal to the Ginningham goal. Yeah. Where he just yeah. he plays on the shoulder yeah. and at the first sign that the defender's making a mistake, he's in round the back. Great finish. Gives it the old little DJ celebration. And well, yeah, had we been there, the oh. limbs is all I can say. Limbs is all I can say. Made it look very easy. Two minutes later, the ref, Joshua Smith, brings the game to a finish as our superb start to the season continued against a strong League One side. I mean, we've said, Ross has said, Plymouth are where we want to be. They are the example last season yeah. of where we want to be. And they're, you know, they're, not, they're not a weak team, they're a good team, good manager. So an absolutely fantastic win. And as Dave Victor said in his commentary, bring on Spurs. Absolutely. <laughs> so Ross Embleton said after the game, the thing for me was as we finished the first half 2-0 down, it could have been 3-0. It was so easy for the lads to forget how good we'd been for the first 20, 25 minutes. I said that I need you to believe that, and they did. Yeah, they absolutely did. Ross, the boss, and we've mentioned it before, Ross Embleton now when he's talking, he's got, he's got a different... There's something different about Ross Embleton this season. Yeah, I've said this... I can't remember, I don't remember if I've said it to you or Paul, but he's, he's so much more confident. He's got this confidence about him that he didn't mm. have last season. He yes. looks a little bit, and I, you know, I'm sure he'll listen to this, and I'm sure he... This is not meant in any way, shape, or form, sort of um, the way it may come out. But sometimes it seemed like a little bit of like a rabbit caught in the headlights at the start of it. Or I think, I think we underestimated just how close he was to Justin, as as in the players. But I mean, we're talking about Ross here, so I think we underestimate that. We also got to consider that he wasn't ready to be a football league manager. He wasn't setting himself up that way. Mm. So he had lots of doubts in himself. And then when he's seen other people try to do the job. 
dreadfully, um, is then give it a go. So he's had all summer to prepare properly. Let's face it, last summer, how can he prepare properly with a team that are all mourning the loss of a manager? He's had a proper pre-season um, and he has this air of confidence around him that he believes in the squad, um, which is key really because he has no choice because he hasn't had a budget really to go out and just spend, spend, spend. He's brought in his own backroom staff now. He's set his own little team up. You know, the, the previous team, Danny Webb and others were put together yeah. just by the club. Whereas this has been put together by, you know, he's had a more of a say in it. Um, and he just, he just, he's got an aura about him now. You know, yeah. we spoke about just him and an aura. I think as time will go on, I think Ross will get that aura. And I, I just think if the fans can also just stick behind him. I think this season could be um, a special one, to be honest. I really, really hope so. Yeah, really well said. So let's go with your views on the game. So what are your views? Well, I'm going to make a confession. I didn't watch the game. I was in Lakeside. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I did watch the extended highlights to be prepared for tonight's show. Good man. Um, we, started, you know, we started brightly. We, sh- you know, we, we wanted to get at Plymouth, which... Again, going back to what we said earlier on, Plymouth for a good side. Last season, we just allowed teams to come at mm. us. We allowed teams to dictate us. So we got them early, knowing, though, that they're going to get passages of play. They're a, bet, they're, they're a League One side. They are going to get passages of play, and they are going to, um, you know, they are going to dictate some of the play. Um, but then, again, we spoke about um, the confidence. To turn that around... To turn that around like that is 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 really remarkable. I think um, two 0 down at half time against Plymouth, um, you wouldn't you wouldn't be betting money on us to come back. So I thought it was I thought it was brilliant and uh, a, a great result. Yeah, for me, I mean, I kept it short and sweet because I wrote this after the euphoria of the full time whistle. I just said, what an amazing second half comeback. Always expect the unexpected with with this club. Immense half, deserved victory. And that will do so much for the confidence as well. Already a confident side. And now you've just come off beating a League One team after being 2-0 down at half-time. Absolutely superb. All three goals taken superbly. Dennis's controlled volley. McEnough's experience lob. And Danny Johnson, like we've said before, all he needs is one chance. Yeah. At the moment, if he gets one chance, he's going to punish you. And that's exactly yeah. what he did. Uh, again, Stats Christian, who mentioned Danny Johnson last week, didn't tag us in his tweet, but said six consecutive appearances in six consecutive goals for Leighton Orient FC hashtag deadly Danny mm. Sky Sports Stato also tweeted so Leighton Orient have won back-to-back League Cup games in the same campaign uh, for the first time since August 1989 fantastic stat yeah, there right. so let's go on then to your views so there's always a huge amount of feedback after the match thank you to all the views that come into so our social media accounts these are all tweets that came into us yeah at Orient Outlook and again just because we read them does not mean we agree with them yeah so at Leighton Stonian says Harry Kane is coming home yeah the occasional one says where's my ladder (laughs) (laughs) ACW2525 says no ball boys were harmed in tonight's victory yeah always going to (laughs) happen against Plymouth Tom P 1984 said what a game great second half starting pre-season early is sure showing in the first four games big money spinner for owners even behind closed doors versus Spurs at Sunshine LOFC what a fantastic game and what a brilliant second half performance from Leighton Orient 
Bring it on Spurs up the O's. Yeah, Wilco 300 said, great second half against a good Plymouth side. Rule and Wright now pushing for a start. Big learning curve for Thomas tonight, but he'll be better for it. And Weddowson's extra bit of pace helped at the back. At Molly Folly 2019. So here we go. Well done, Embleton, for replacing Coulson and making the changes at the right time. You've impressed me this evening and the team are playing for you with uh, another last-minute goal. If we can bring in a quality centre-back, maybe, just maybe, Ruel has such potential. Yeah, so Molly Folly, one of Ross's biggest detractors, but even... Darren had to congratulate Ross after I nearly, this picture. I nearly had to pick my jaw up off the table <laughs> then when I read that one. <laughs> Alan Reeves too. So Willison was man of the match when he went to centre-back. Made some great last-ditch tackles and clearances. Brophy closing down at left-back was a big difference as well. Always said we have some real attacking quality. I just hope we improve defensively. Now I'll go and say that I was quite critical of Willison um, when I last saw him as centre-back against Brighton. But good to see people now saying he had... Good game at centre back, and again, if we can get Wellowson to become more advanced as a centre back, then it will just benefit everyone at the club. And also, Ross's formation as as mean, you know, again, we'll probably talk about it a bit more later on. The uh, um, the fact that Brophy's now our preferred left back yeah. means that Wellowson really is going to have to is at the moment is a fill in player. Um, which is great because we need people that can take positions up so he can come in at left back, come in at centre back. Um, but again, if Brophy gets injured and Widdison gets his, or Brophy gets suspended and Widdison gets his chance, it's down to him to keep the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gorillas1985, to all the haters, eat your words and get behind this man and his team. I love this tweet already. <laughs> get, eat your words and get behind this man and his team. We have gone under the radar and the sky's the limit for this squad. DJ is on fire, 6-6, six six, McEnough take a bow, roll on Mansfield and mid-table Spurs. <laughs> Brilliant tweet. Matty yeah. Sari says, unbelievable comeback. Thought we were decent throughout, apart from the second half of the first half. Dennis, JMD, Rule, all putting their hands up for selection on Saturday. And how good was Widowson at centre-back at the end? Yeah, and uh, the final one we've got is at Lawton Gamst. What a brilliant comeback against the team from a high division after being unlucky to go in 2-0 down at half-time. I haven't been convinced by Ross as manager at times, but he has the players giving their all with belief and no little amount of skill. Exciting times. Yeah, good tweet there. And final word on Plymouth then. Orient Dave says, Late goals early on in the season, reversing deficits, continuity of the squad reminds me of a certain playoff season. Oh, sorry, it's not... Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, only yet. only five games in. We yeah. can't do it yet. We it's can't. Not, you do it start yet. not talking about that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so as always, we do the prediction league for every match. And now, as Adam said earlier in the podcast, it is sponsored by Design Cadby. So time for an update. So I'll do I'll I'll do their sponsorship plugs for them this week. Company branding, advertising, print, digital, logo design specialist. And you'll know this off quite, quite well. All LOFC fans, 15% off. Where did he get that idea from? <laughs> so if you need anything doing that we've just spoken about, you can find James on social media at Design Cadby. He's on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Or if you're not on social media, but are on email, you can email James now at hello at jamescadby.com. A few correct predictions for this one, although not many. Yeah, so well done to at Derby507. And at Andy Grosvenor, who predicted 3-2 to the O's. 
to get three points. Yeah, and well done to Matty LOFC Evans, who predicted 3-2 and one of the scorers, which was Johnson, so he gets four points. Thank you to everyone who predicted, and we'll do a full prediction lead table roundup at the end of the podcast. So Wednesday the 16th, the 16th of September, the morning after the night before, the club announced that the upcoming game in Mansfield Town will remain behind closed doors, with the club saying that they have made every effort to become a test event, but have been forced to withdraw the application to get a crowd in attendance for the match due to the short notice given to them. Yeah, shame that. I thought, once I saw that tweet go from the EFL, I thought, I bet the club yeah. were all over this, but just wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. And then just after 10.15pm, as expected to me, I think, really, the club announced that the upcoming Carabao Cup third round tie against Tottenham would be shown on Sky Sports, kicking off at 6pm, on Tuesday, 22nd of September. I think it had to be. I think a few people sort of were, were wondering because there's a few other games that are, that are pretty decent ties. Mm. So I think it's obvious why that's been moved to a 6pm kick-off just to be able to, to facilitate having it. I mean, how could you not have well, Spurs with the Harry Kane connection? with Harry Kane, Justin, Justin Ross, Martin Ling. There's so many different interweaving stories there. Great that it is on TV. I just hope everyone can watch it at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Because it's a bit bit of an odd time mm. but there are two games on Sky Sports there's an 8 o'clock kickoff as well but obviously Orange Tottenham's been selected Worst for the earlier case, one record it and just turn your phone off <laughs> or, just, or just do a sick day just go boss yeah. I can't come in today yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> so Thursday 17th of September then yeah the draw for the fourth round of the Carabao Cup took place with the O's in the draw for the first time since 1962 as us or more likely Spurs were drawn who writes this stuff more likely <laughs> how do we know <laughs> more likely Spurs were drawn at home to either Chelsea or Barnsley so if we beat Tottenham then when? we could be playing when, when we beat Tottenham <laughs> more likely to be playing Chelsea or Barnsley yeah unbelievable really let's get past Tottenham first and we'll worry about Chelsea I, I, after. I can't see uh, I can't see Mourinho sending down the under 21s again who took them to the sword so I would imagine, and again, it's a cup competition that, you know, they haven't won a trophy for uh, a few years now. Um, so it's a trophy that's well winnable for them. So I'd be surprised if you don't see subs from today, today's game that they played today at Southampton, maybe get a go. You're going to definitely get players like Gazaniga, Foyf, Aurier probably play. So you're going to, I reckon, be, be four or five, you know, names that we know. A few that are maybe they're better youth players that they, they don't send out alone and then made up with a few mm. under-23s. But definitely a squad capable of turning over a League 2 yeah. side. Yeah, we'll talk about Tottenham a bit later on, but I think I agree with you. I think it'll be a stronger side than what most people think it will yeah. be. Um, I don't see Harry Kane playing, though. Not probably got, not. Not when they've got a European tie two days later. Probably not. But we'll see. We'll see on the Tottenham Outlook podcast, yeah. So Mooney <laughs> Friday, the 18th of September. So in light of no fans being able to attend the upcoming Carabao Cup match, both the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust and the Leighton Orient Fans Trust started to ask supporters of both clubs to make a donation to the JE3 Foundation, uh, as the foundation is aiming to get to its target now of 70k. So obviously, you know, there would have been a sold out ground for this. You would have had yeah. 9,000 people and JE3 Foundation would have had buckets you would have fought for this one. And, it, and it's just come at the most, I mean, um, as, you know, word luck isn't what you want to use, but as luck would have it, it's just, or bad luck would have it, that we've been drawn against Spurs in a cup competition. No one can go. And that would be a sellout. Without oh. a doubt. Without a doubt. Even... I know some fans when it's live on Sky they don't bother going you know some people don't Carabao Cup I don't always go to Carabao Cup games 
I certainly don't go to some of the lesser competitions we're in. Um, but that would have been sold out, uh, and the amount of money raised. Yeah. You know, so it's good to see people still trying to raise money for the foundation. Yeah, absolutely. Did some fantastic work there. So moving on into Saturday, nineteenth of September. So a happy twenty-third birthday to JMD. Yeah, and the main event was Mansfield at home. So before the game, uh, the podcast ran a Twitter poll to find out how you, the, the O's fans, fans, thought we'd get on. And uh, we had 263 votes in 24 hours, and you voted as follows. Yeah, so ten, <laughs> every time this goes to a majority-orient win, we always have problems on the pitch. So 10%, <laughs> only 10% thought Orient would lose this one, 21% thought it would be a draw, and 69% thought Orient would win. So as always, thank you for your vote. So it came to 2 o'clock, and as always, the team was announced. So Lawrence Vigoro in goal. At the back, we had Sam Ling, Josh Coulson, Dan Happy, and James Brophy in the midfield of Usise, Craig Clay, and James Dayton. And up top, JMD on the right, Satoru on the left, and Danny Johnson up front. On the bench for this one, we had Sam Sargent, Joe Willowson, Jordan Thomas, Joby McEnough, Louis Dennis, Connor Wilkinson, and Lee Angle. Yeah, and that meant that there were seven changes from Tuesday's starting lineup versus Plymouth. So quite a few changes. Obviously, a few first teamers who were arrested against Plymouth come back into the starting lineup, as you'd expect. Decent team for me for this one. It's quite a lot of attacking options on the bench. Players like Wilkinson and Angle, who are normally within that starting eleven, on the bench there. And you've also got um, Dennis, who obviously scored on Tuesday, and McEnough again, who scored on Tuesday, full of confidence. So real good options there on the bench and. Turley and Wright were also sent home from the ground uh, at one o'clock due to not feeling um, well. So obviously we wish them better and hope they'll be in contention for Tuesday's big match. Yeah, um, a lot of fans might have might have expected McEnough uh, to start, but I wasn't surprised that there was um, there was a there was a rotation because Ross has alluded in in a lot of his previous interviews leading up to games before the season, he's alluded that he's got to be a little bit um, cute with the team because. The preseason may not be how, how it would have usually been, so everybody hasn't had the sort of minutes in their legs that they usually would have done preseason. So he might have done preseason and had had an idea of who his eleven was going to be. He he feels for whatever reason that he that's not how he can play this. He's got to rotate it about. Um, so um, I wasn't surprised, but like you also said, he might have also been hindered by the bug that's going around the camp. But again, it gives certain players so. Um, JMD, Sartorio didn't start the previous yeah. uh, league game. Gives them an opportunity to give Ross a headache. Yeah, good. That's what we want. He's, I think Ross said in his post-match there were nine players who he wasn't certain of because of, you know, the cold or flu bug, or the stomach bug, was what's going through the squad. So again, a few tweets. Joe Jessner, 16, tweeted us before the match. The team set up to control possession, hopefully, is being at home and the big strikers playing on the wings being swapped for genuine wide men. So the match kicked off in the sunshine with the O's looking to make it five wins from five and Mansfield looking for their first win of the season and all, almost immediately the O's found themselves with a free kick in a dangerous position as Jordan Maguire drew had an effort that Stetch saved comfortably. Yeah, comfortable save there. Yeah. Good sign of intent though. You know, 20 seconds in, he's lining up a free kick. You're like, all right, yeah. here we go. Um, Let's go to the eighth minute. And then Craig Clay had an effort worldwide, and Walter had a decent effort on goal, following some very neat footwork, which Stetch did well to palm away 
for a corner. I think Satoru at this point was looking like our liveliest player. Yeah. Like nice, quick, good footwork. And again, like you said, he just gets the ball and he just looks up and he's always looking He's always looking to see what his options yeah, are. Yeah, it just reminded me of the goal he scored against Stevenage last season. I mean, the goalkeeper should have saved it. That's neither, neither here nor there. The, the point is, he, he got the ball at his feet in the 18 yard box, looked up, and he's not looking for players. He's looking for, the, <laughs> he's looking for them white, white sticks. That's all he's looking for. Um, so. I think it's exciting. Susie gets the ball, yeah. goalkeepers, and, and 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 to be fair, from 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 the few occasions we've seen, uh, he normally it's the target. He makes the goalkeeper yeah, that's work. That's a good point, actually. Is, I don't. You don't really see him blazing shots here, there, and everywhere. There. Point. You know. Yeah. Good point. Good save there. Twenty fourth minute. Mansfield broke at pace, resulting in a Charlesley effort that was saved by Vigor. I thought Charlesley for them was looking pretty tasty. Yeah. Their number seven. He was the one I was looking at and going, oh, if we can keep him under control." will be right here. He was yeah, kind of their yeah, playmaker yeah. who was looking to him, kind of him, and the, him and the striker, Andy Cook, he was, he was being a bit of a pain, I think, as well. Uh, on 32 minutes, a corner was swung in that Stetch didn't deal with and Usise got his foot to the ball which was rolling towards the goal and was cleared by Clark. I think it was a comfortable clearance. Comfort, I think if... If... Um, Cissé maybe was set differently and swung up at it properly, you know, he's got more of a chance. But, I mean, it was a P-roll. You know, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Easily cleared. Yeah. Easily cleared. 42nd minute in, best moment of the match by a mile. Excellent build-up play. Patient passing and movement from Leo's. Eventually saw James Brophy pass it to the DJ inside the Mansfield box. He turned really well, hit a shot across the keeper... And it just hit the far post and the defender cleared it for a corner. I thought that was really good football there. And again, DJ, again, one chance, turned his defender, got away. Unlucky not to see the back of the net bulge there. I think this just shows you how uh, uh, all, all divisions of football have changed, though. Because when you're watching that, if you watch it back, it, it, the, like you say, the build-up play was really patient build-up play. You go and watch League Two in the 90s. It <laughs> weren't like that. It was ump it forward, run on, flick on. Dependent, you know, but now they try to build it up like they do from the back. They try to play it from the back like they're doing the Premier League, and uh, there's a lot of great build-up play. And Johnson again, he's another one. And once he gets his eye on that goal, he's, he he dropped his shoulder, he turned that defender, and no, another inch the other way, and it it, it cannons in, mm. cannons in. Yeah, unlucky not to take the lead there. So it stayed even. Nothing really to talk about for the next couple of minutes. The ref blew his whistle for half time as the first 45 minutes ended goalless for me. Again, that post, that was the best part of yeah. the half. I did think, again, like I've already said, Rob was looking good, but their number seven was someone to be very wary of. So we kicked off the second half. No changes made with the O's attacking the south stand. There was a penalty awarded to Mansfield in the 52nd minute as James Brophy allowed a long pass to bounce over him and then scuffed his pass. Andy Cook went over his legs and the ref instantly pointed to the spot. I mean, that was dreadful. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad. I mean, he had... So much time, he kind of let the ball bounce because he had no one near him. And then suddenly he looks up, Cook's bearing down on him, scuffs the pass and then brings him down. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to complain about the penalty as blatant as they come. But it has opened up this whole debate again. And again, lots of views after the match that we'll, that we'll mention started talking about the Brophy's not a left back, he's yeah. a left winger. And then obviously you've got the Widowson factor. Um, I, think, I think he's also lucky the position that they were in. That was a little bit more centralised. That's the red card. Yeah, he's going um, off all day. I think uh, he's. He, I noticed this a couple of times in the match. A couple of players took too much time on the ball, and on a few occasions, um, a Mansfield player closed us down quickly. I mean, Andy Cook was a pain in the arse the entire entire match, and he's got on um, James Brophy. And I think James was a little bit too cocky for my liking in that position. And 
I don't think he'll do that again. Yeah, I don't think he'll do that again. At least hopefully, yeah, like you said, hopefully he learns from it, doesn't do it again. So up stepped uh, XO, Jordan Barry, who's had a phenomenal career, really, since he left Orient. Went to crew down really well. Went to MK Dons off the back of that. Didn't do so well for the season to find himself at Mansfield. He stepped up, took a brilliant penalty. You don't save those ones. Top right-hand corner, Vigoroo the wrong way. 1-0 Mansfield. Absolutely, that was a confident penalty. Good he's penalty. A, he's, a very, he's, a, he's a bit of a journeyman, isn't he? He's not. Uh, he is now, yeah. He's a, he's, a, he's a journeyman. So on 60 minutes after Barry went down, just outside the box, the ball came to Charlesley, who had an effort from just outside the box, which Lawrence Vigoroo done well to tip over the bar. Yeah, at this point, you could, Mansfield were going for it. They yeah. had sniffed blood, and you could tell like we'd kind of had level were dropped a bit. Mansfield yeah. were looking, looking to get the second and kill the game off. Following this, there was a double substitution on the hour marks. Cray Clay came off for Joby McEnough and birthday boy JMD came off for Louis Dennis who went on the left, Raw Satoya went on to the right and Josh Coulson also handed the armband to Joby. I think this was disappointing for JMD, I must say. So he, he played on Tuesday, got a good assist for Louis Dennis's goal. Great ball, well played JMD. I was just expecting a bit more yesterday from JMD. Yeah. I think there's a lot... A lot on his shoulders, you know, he's young, he's the creative one. I think I think he's a bit like Marmite at the moment. You either seem to love him or you don't really like him that much. Big opportunity yesterday that I don't think he took. Yeah, I think he's... Um, I'm not sure, I think he might even just be a confidence player, you know, because uh, I'm not... Um, I'm definitely not... Um, you know, I don't hate him or anything like that, but I'm, I'm, I'm definitely critical of him. I think, I think sometimes he's a bit... <laughs> I'm going to put... The only way I can put this is a bit all fur coat, no knickers. Like, there's no end. Sometimes there's no end product from him. It all looks great and flair and the step over and, you know. Um, but sometimes nothing comes from it. And I um, I just think sometimes he does too much with the ball. I think sometimes it could be a little bit more direct, a little bit more simple. Um, and, you know, for all the people that say, oh, JMD should be in the team, he should be... There's a reason why he's in and out of the squad. You know, he's not a consistent performer, so... Um, I wasn't surprised that he was changed and it was changed for a player that plays a very similar role to him anyway. Yeah, seemed like the obvious sub really. Um, so in the 68th minute, Louis Dennis, who had just come on, fired wide. I think he'd done well there to make himself the space, looked yeah. dark, got a shot away. Again, seeing a different Louis Dennis to last season. Yeah, I think season. he turned a shoulder, gave himself a bit of space and like I say, he got the shot off. Yeah. So the O's gave themselves a mountain to climb as Mansfield doubled the lead on 71 minutes. As Usise gave the tricky number seven Charlesley plenty of space and time on the left wing, he found Andy Cook completely free in the middle of our box and he easily dispatched past Lawrence Vigoroo to make it 2-0. Yeah, Paul said, that's so poor from us. No pressure on their man at all. I have to agree. I mean, that's really disappointing. Very unlike Usise, who's normally kind of in your face. You're not really going to get the ball past him. Kind of just kind of stayed off him. Yep. Cross came in and like we've already mentioned, Andy Cook, good player at this level, does does those for breakfast. Yeah, and again it was a bit like the uh, the first Plymouth goal. Just far too easily a player just dancing his way into the box with no real uh, sorry, down to the wing there with no real sort of no one really putting a foot in or, you know, really trying to close him down. I think he was given far too much space. And when you watch it back on the replay, there was plenty of players in the box and Andy you know, he's made himself, he's given himself, Andy Cook's given himself a bit of freedom and, and um, mm. slotted it away. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I was obviously watching it on the stream going, oh, yeah. I didn't want to lose this one just before the Spurs game. No. So, 75 minutes in, it was time for the final subs as Lee Angle came on for Usise. Joby went into the holding row 
with the O's having four forwards now on the pitch. I was surprised by that sub. I was surprised he took off Cissé and put on a forward. I commend it because we'll obviously we'll talk about what difference that made. But at the time, I thought, oh, come on, Ross, like you're you're going for it. You're not just sitting back and listening to the commentary. I think uh, Dave and Matt expected it to be James Dayton. Yeah, um, and it wasn't. Um, but it's good to see that we had. It's good to see Ross, you know, throwing everything at him. Um, yeah. And it, it bared fruition because on 82, 82 minutes, the O's pulled a goal back to give themselves a glimmer of hope, and it was the DJ again. A step parried a Josh Coulson shot from a James Dayton cross, and there was Danny Johnson with a tap in to make it 2 1. Yeah. I mean, that is a typical Danny Johnson goal, and I think that's we've, we've needed, I've said this before, we needed a striker like that. McCauley Bond scored a lot of goals, but he didn't score tons of tappings. He, he worked so hard to get the goals that he got mm. a lot of them. Whereas sometimes we just need that player that just sniffing around that can just sniff out an opportunity. And to be fair, Josh Coulson done well to, to to fire a shot in and the goalkeeper's got no... Should the goalkeeper have held on to it? I mean, it wasn't the most powerful shot. Was he sort of in two minds because his face was right near the post and was it going wide? But whatever happens, the goalkeeper's parried it straight in front of Johnson and, is, and he's got his back in the game. Yeah, if you give Johnson a chance like that, he's going to punish you. Great to see. I mean, I didn't see that equaliser coming. I was sitting there thinking, because at this point, Absolutely Mansfield not. had been time-wasting quite a lot of the game. They seemed to be punting it onto our right-hand side to their left wing and just running it down. And I didn't see that coming. So at 2-1, I thought, come on, you've got 10 minutes now to really, really kind of yeah. go for it. But... You know, in the 85th minute, for example, Mansfield were, were kind of walking it to the corner flag, and I was thinking, oh, they're just going to run the clock down here. But after consistent and more time wasting, um, four minutes of time were added on, and in the 92nd minute, Louis Dennis did well to the player pass back into the path of James Brophy. A neat pass move between them two. Brophy dribbled into the box on the left hand side before setting up Raul Satoru for a close range equaliser. He gave Step no chance. To make it to all, I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when it was to all. I was obviously watching the stream, but people were obviously following it on Twitter or the audio only option because I I had a text before the goal. I saw the goal, so I knew it was coming. I just couldn't believe it. And when you're going to have big seasons and successful seasons, it's goals that you score in the 89th minute. When you don't play that well and don't really deserve too much from it, no. that are the difference between... We said that about the promotion season, didn't we? That there was a few games, few mm. key games. The Halifax game where we was 2-0 down. Uh, the game against East, uh, Eastley at home when uh, we won 3-2. Yeah. It's, it's, it's valuable points like that. But again, you know, sort of, it was a, really a bit of a carbon copy of, of their second goal. They allowed us in... And Rul Sotorio's done well to leave his marker, just like Andy Cook did, and, and slotted it past past their goalkeeper. I mean, uh, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the post-match uh, interview with their manager. He oh, was not happy. fuming, fuming that his players were time-wasting. Because leading up to the first goal, in fact, that we scored, their player tried an audacious long... Sorry, yeah. And I remember uh, Dave Victor even it. mentioning that yeah. their manager was fuming. Because they'd basically cheaply given us back possession, and from that passage of play, we went on to get the first. So, I agree with what you're saying. With Ten minutes to go, I thought, come on, like, yeah. you know, um, unbelievable. I think you've got to give kudos to Brophy there. It would have been easy for Brophy's head to go down after that mistake and giving away a penalty, but a great surge into the box um, beats his man far, like far too easily. Proves that he can play at left back and still bow into the box, <laughs> doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so after the second goal, the whiff. 
blew the full-time whistle shortly after as the O's somehow maintained the unbeaten start of the season thanks to a late comeback. And Ross Embleton said after the game, in the way that the game panned out, yes, in how I felt at half-time, albeit we didn't put in Rick Warren performance, I felt we were in a position to, to build and go on to win the game. I'm extremely disappointed in parts of our performance today and even more disappointed in the goals that we gave away. Credit where it's due, the lads put their bodies on the line and I had nine players today that I had to wait on. Yeah, so that was part of Ross's interview. The whole post-match interview is available on the club's YouTube channel. Well worth a watch. So even though it's only two games in and this means absolutely nothing, we're currently ninth in League 2, play 2, one, I'll one. take it now. Drawn one. <laughs> Four <laughs> points and a positive goal difference. So, you know, not bad at all. So your views on yesterday's game? Yeah, first half it wasn't spectacular. It was a little bit cagey. Both sides were trying to size each other up, I think. Not the free-flowing attacking game that their manager expected in his pre-match interviews. I listened okay. to him in his pre-match yeah. interviews and he, he was you know he was alluding to the fact that he you know both sides have got good attacking players. Uh, and, and, and the style of play means there's going to be plenty free-flowing attacking football um, and that first half there wasn't, a, there wasn't enough no second half we started really slowly we lacked creativity I think and we made poor decisions with the ball um, the individual mistake by Brophy was poor but other than other than that he has surprised me with his ability at left back again I'm sure this will be a constant conversation well again I think David you mentioned David um, I think he mentioned that Swindon like that he had Brophy had played like at left back at Swindon. That's how he was used. So it's not his kind of first time playing in that role. Like he's quite used to yeah. playing in that role. And again, if we're not signing, actively looking for a left back because the club believe you know the two that we've got, what they're going to work with, then 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 that's what we're working with. And Brophy, Widdison has always got a mistake in him. You know, he's always had it in him. So I'm sure Brophy will make mistakes, but they're very similar defensively. So surely we're better off with the one that going forward mm. um, is better um, I did expect us to go for it after we went 2-0 down um, but we didn't have to leave it late to go up, <laughs> to go up a second gear um, but once once we did I don't think Mansfield could cope I don't know if they got tired or a couple of the fresh legs but mm. they, they just didn't seem to, and like we spoke about a second ago they made poor decisions, trying to time waste. Yeah, uh, that can only get you so far before the ball turns back over again. And then, amazingly, we say this about other clubs a lot of the time. We say that um, you know, God, you give them a chance, they're going to bury it, they're going to punish you. Well, yeah, good point. Um, for once, it's us that's doing the punishing. And uh, you know, I always thought once we got the one, if we created just one more clear cut opportunity, um, we'd nick a draw. So I was happy with that. Yeah, me too. I mean, sign of a good team, like I've said, playing well, not playing too well and picking up points. I thought DJ looked lively. I thought Satori looked really lively. Um, again, sloppy at points. I thought Happy was a bit sloppy, which is unlike him, I thought, um, at points. Sorry to single that Happy. Um, and I thought quite a few players, yeah, a few, a few odd passes here and there. Maybe it was the heat. Maybe it was the euphoria of Tuesday. You know, it's... There's a lot of Saturday-Tuesday games, a lot of football to be played in quite a short space of time without much of a pre-season. Um, but I can't complain. You know, five games unbeaten just, again, shows the team spirit. These late goals are going to... could be absolutely pivotal. So, absolutely delighted with the point. And on to Spurs we go. Yeah. So, lots and lots and lots of views came into our social media account after um, this match. We'll read... 
a selection of them. We won't read all of them, um, but we have got quite a few. So Paul51205, so if any Orient fans can look me in the eye and say we don't need defensive strengthening, then I'd be interested to know what brand of roast-tinted glasses they are wearing. Yes, we've done well this season, but defensively we've been pretty appalling. Yeah, at George, LOFC. That right there is why Brophy plays left back, bombing down the wing with three other attackers in the box. Yeah, Rekka blew up, so good to get a point. Johnson reminding me of Mooney in 13-14. Love a last-minute goal. Willowson should be in the team as the left back. Casual defending by Brophy could have cost us big today off a nothing long ball. Seems that Johnson knows the offside rule better than Mooney. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> At Richie J. Bourne, full credit to Brophy. Bad mistake for the penalty. But great run to set up the equaliser. Certainly a point gained. Yeah, O's fan Basing said, couldn't see that coming. Cissé was poor. That normally means we are poor. Great turnaround though. Credit to Brophy, who made up for his mistake brilliantly. At PM31970. I wonder how much the virus has taken out the players. Got out of jail in the end, but need to cut out the soft defensive mistakes, which gave Mansfield two goals. Yeah. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah, Stroud Green O's got away with that one there, as it was a poor, lethargic performance. The old cliche that successful teams find a way of coming away with something, even when they play badly, rings true, though. So it's a very good point, considering. Yeah, at Wadsey, still haven't found our feet this season, but still unbeaten and winning breeds confidence. We never give up. Imagine how good we'll be when we start playing well. That's quite a key tweet because Ross has sort of mentioned that in mm. a few of his interviews and I couldn't agree more with that. If if, if this is us at our worst at the moment yeah. and, and once we turn the... You know, turn these players into sort of that, they, they breed that little bit more confidence. I think they don't, sometimes maybe they don't believe in themselves, but I think that was a really good tweet. Yeah, really good. Real CJ Flex. Good to show some heart. Definitely some questions defensively, but I really like the subs and formation changed by Ross. Yeah, got to give credit where credit's due there. Good subs by Ross and just went for it. And obviously we're talking about a draw as opposed to a loss. Yeah, the thing with that is, is people criticise substitutions when they're made. You know, sometimes you've got to wait and see how... Okay, you know, after the game, if you've made them substitutions and nothing would have happened, fair play. Sort with the substitutions. But without a doubt, Louis Dennis made a difference. And Lee Angle got a crucial flick on, I think, in the build-up yeah. to... To one of the goals, so absolutely at Dan Alton two five nine zero. Safe to say we got out of jail. An uncharacteristically awful second half, both going forward and defensively. Defensively in particular, barely deserved the equaliser, and that point that came with it. But one bit of quality did it for us, and Brophy made up for his error. Yeah, Andy Wobbs said, "Good to see we didn't give up, but need to stop putting ourselves in these problems in the first place." Silly mistake from Brophy. But Johnson still doing his job to perfection. Uh, at Leighton Orient, I'm not sure if this is the official at Leighton Orient. No, that's, that's Leighton Orient FC, uh, that one. At Leighton Orient, <laughs> Brophy is not a defender and Happy was hapless. Uh, sorry, in, in brackets. We have better defensive options in Widdison and Turley. Full credit to the lads for the comeback, but this was a winnable game. Yet we were relieved just to get a draw. Well, obviously the Turley not playing was because he was ill. Yeah, um, yeah but obviously course. we don't know that in the club. You know, the they, they can't be that know. transparent all the yeah, time to give us every bit of info before a game. And um, I don't personally tend to agree with that. Widdersons better than Brophy personally. I think that they're both pretty similar defensively, which um, is how I feel about it. And, and but just Brophy gives us that extra thing going forward you know? yeah they underscore Lucas 7 so got to get Brophy higher up the pitch he's got the pace to get him behind and it's wasted at left back 
at ReedyQB9. Good point, all things considered. Dayton and Clay were really poor today. Mansfield made it hard by being well organised and wasting time all second half. Well, happy with the point. Told you we got some bottle. Unbeaten in five and haven't played a good full 90 yet. Can't complain. Yeah, another good tweet there. Daniel underscore D44. So definitely a point earned. I cannot work this O's team out. Spirit reminds me of when we got promoted two years ago and when we got into the League One playoffs. But I wonder if we have the quality to get out of the division. Forwards are on fire, but the defence is very problematic. At Casey Adams, LOFC. I don't care how bad that performance was to come back from 2-0 which looked like we had no chance, is amazing. Come on, you have. Yeah. And, and fair play to that tweet, because you know, sometimes you just got to respect the point, you know, to, to come from 2 nil down. You know, when do we ever really come from 2 nil down? In the eight-second minute, I would have bitten your hand off for a point, you know, 2 nil down, looking glum. So If someone would have said to me we'd have come from 2 nil down twice in a week to get a win and a draw, I laughed at it. Yeah, very good point. And James the ED11 said, don't think you can give any player more than a six today. He looked very poor for 90% of the game, very sloppy with the ball and silly mistakes. That being said, we've scored two goals and earned a point against a well-organised side. At Dear Stu, great to get back into it. However, the team selection was all wrong today in my view. Let's forget what is going to happen Tuesday and focus on the bread and butter, which is the league. Had to be the strongest team for today. Far too many misplaced passes and defence looks very shaky. Again, with that t- tweet, you know, I think people, if they've listened to Ross leading up to the season and matches, um, he makes it clear that squads are going to be rotated um, and that he wants to utilise everybody in the team. And again, perhaps if the club were a little bit more sort of transparent, mm. which again, I don't think they should be, I don't like think I said, be. Um, and said that, you know, prior to the game, we've got nine players that have been frying up all week. Um, Perhaps people might be a little bit more sympathetic to it, but you know I understand people have got their opinions about the team. But I think this won't be the first, and it won't be the last. I will see squad rotation. Yeah, of course. At Phalanx two three five. As much as I love the spirit and can't fault the fact we can pick up points off the back of average performances, we need a lot of work still. Very sloppy in possession sometimes, and defensively unstable. Other than that, still a lot of positives. Love this Twitter handle at Orient Ball Bag. Too many players below par. Too many players below par today. Brophy's leisurely jog back, gifting them the goal, but he made amends. JMD for me shows why he is not a regular starter. Needs to add more to his game. Wilkinson, if fit, has to be in the starting eleven. Very lucky to get the point. Les OK fifty two. It's a funny old game. We never looked threatening. Brophy showing why he should not be at left back and how more effective he is further up the pitch. And in DJ and in Satori, we have two out and out foxes in the box. Average performance against a limited side but overall happy. At only one team, so overall performance was poor slash lacklustre. With Danny and Ruel, we have two players who can score given the service all day. Less slack at the back and better all-round pressing and we could be a dark horse this season. Yeah, that word's been floating around, hasn't it? Dark, dark horse, horse yeah. yeah. Could be us, hopefully it will be. James O'Hagan said, would I have taken a point at kick-off? No. Would I have taken a point after the first 80 minutes? Absolutely. Whilst Brophy's moment doesn't make up for the mistake, it shows how good a player he is and that he is wasted as a defender when he can work such magic. At MS Orient, that's a great comeback from the lads today. Shows you the characters we have at the club. It wasn't about bringing an influx of players in as we have enough togetherness. Cut out the errors and mountains to climb, we could be challenging. Defo, a point gained. Yeah, Elliot, LOFC. And I must say to Elliot, thank you for redesigning our logo. Um, looks really good. Thank you, Elliot, for doing that. said, so we're a left-back and a centre-back away from being a top-five team. Hope we use the rest of the window wisely. 
Alan Finch for Mansfield started playing for sorry Mansfield started playing for time too soon it was looking as if a third goal was well on the cards helped by that and some dodgy keeping but it was a poor performance from too many out there Dennis made a difference yeah Dennis did do well uh, Oliver Melman said not a great performance by any means but a decent result against a team who will be up there at the end of the season Rule was man of the match by country mile in my opinion but the defence looked shaky so Ross uh, sorry, Ron Sampson, 15, is extremely um, to the point with his tweet. So his tweet reads, One, Brophy is not a left-back, he is a winger. Two, Ling is not good enough to play in League Two. Three, Satorio is wasted out wide, he must play alongside Johnson in the centre. That is all. Well, very stern there from Mr Sampson. LOFC 1978 says, Got out of jail today, attack seems to know where the goal is. It's the defending that needs improvement. Think we need two solid no-nonsense League Two centre-backs. Oh, and play our left-back at left-back. <laughs> <laughs> at Panamonium 1881, whilst we are looking somewhat fragile in front of Vigarou, there are many positives to look to, including passion and fight, as well as scoring for fun and remaining undefeated. Lots out ill today as well, so we'll take the point. Work on defensive issues and continue the good work. Yeah, Magnus Spugner. So clearly the squad are not fully fit and illness has clearly had an impact at times. There were displays of some great football, but also displays of switching off. I love the depth and options on the bench, though, and that may make our season. Yeah, Marcus Maynard's sounds like the extra fitness work coming back earlier for pre-season is paying dividends already. Also sounds like Orient teams of old in that there's a hiding coming for someone. I agree with that. I think uh, I think you know, if there's certain players out there that, are, that, are, that have been sort of suffering a week of an illness, but to still keep going for the 90 minutes, still keep huffing and puffing... And uh, I, you know, I like the last part of that tweet. Called, Someone is hopefully going to be on the end of a uh, Danny Johnson hat trick at some point. Possibly Tottenham. Future. Yeah, possibly uh, Tottenham. So the final word in this week goes to APK underscore Music Review, who said another great fight back today against a tough and resilient Mansfield side. Certainly been a while since I can recall an O side with such a never say die attitude. But we need to start games better and tighten up defensively. Bring on the Spurs. So thank you for all your tweets that came into us. Those were all tweets that came into Orient Outlook on Twitter. Many an opinion and we love getting as many as we do from everyone. So thank you for sending them and if you agree or disagree heavily or just even slightly with any of the tweets we've read out, let us know. You can tweet us at Orient Outlook or you can email us at orientoutlook at outlook.com Yeah, the at design Cadby Prediction League update. So well done to uh, LO underscore podcast and Julian Cabby 03 uh, also Wadsey uh, Ross McCaff who all predicted 2-2 so they all get three points yeah they all got three points well done to Spring Lynette at the Tipping Tim at Mark R Aldous at Dan Alton 2590 and at John Band 6306547 what a Twitter handle <laughs> who predicted two all and one correct scorer. Hopefully that's not a pin number for some reason. So get four points. <laughs> so then getting a the maximum then. So these four. So Paul W-E underscore UK. Paul, I hope you're well. I miss seeing your face in the south stand. At George Gertz, at Reedy QB9. And at O's fan basing took the maximum five points as they predicted two all. Yeah. And they got both scorers. Well Amazing. So that means that the top of the Design Cabby Prediction League is as follows. On nine points is at George Gertz. Yeah, seven points. There's a few of them floating around, isn't there? Yeah, you've got at LOFC08, at London Gary W, at Smoko's. 
at the tipping team and at Wadsy all on seven points. Yeah, so well done. Thank you for all of your predictions. So keep sending your predictions in pre-match and we'll always send a tweet out to remind you to do so. So moving on into Sunday, 20th of September. And earlier today, I was lucky enough to catch up with that lovely, super four-headed, beautiful man, Josh Coulson, uh, earlier this afternoon. I caught up with Josh for roughly 15 minutes. Spoke to him about the season so far um, and about his thoughts on the upcoming Tottenham game, obviously being a Tottenham supporter. And what a great time to speak to him, obviously, on the eve of Josh Coulson Day. So here's what Josh had to say. So I'm delighted to be joined by Josh Coulson. So Josh, before we talk about yesterday's game and the upcoming game against Tottenham that I'm sure everyone's thinking about now, how are you? How are you doing? All good, all good. I wasn't so good last week, I must admit. Um, bit of a cold, bit of flu, um, but feel a lot better now. Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, still a bit better. Still not 100%, I don't think, but yeah, we're getting there, we're getting there. And what a start to the season it's been as we stand. Five yeah. games played, unbeaten, late goals, comebacks, and a striker who's in absolutely scintillating form. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, very worried no late goals a lot of drama um, but no it's been a it's been a great start to the season um, to be unbeaten still is is a good achievement I think uh, yeah let's well, talk about Danny Johnson jeez what a goal every game at the minute um, I won't mention that I fought my shot yesterday went over the line before he taps it in so I won't mention that but <laughs> just in case someone looks into it but he can have it because he's on fire so he deserves it um, but yeah it's been a great start to the season I think we worked a lot in pre-season this year of, of getting a good start so it's good that we have many games in and, and still unbeaten so it's good I'm glad you mentioned pre-season obviously the O's returned to training a bit earlier than other clubs and you've obviously got the Covid testing how, how, how did you find that and how was that? Well, I think after however long we were in lockdown, I just wanted to get out of the house. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, having two, a two-year-old and a four-year-old in the house every day was 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 very tough. So pre-season was going to be a doddle. <laughs> but, uh, no, it was good to get back in. I think, uh, like you said, we won, and I think we were one of the first teams back in, especially in our league. Um, and that was to try and give us an advantage over every other team. And I think with the performances and, and the start we've had, that, uh, that has helped. It was strange, I must admit. Everything's a bit different now. Um, no, it was, there was no going in the changing rooms, all sorts of stuff like that, trying to stay away from everyone. Um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. COVID tests are horrendous, I'll put it that way. I don't like them. <laughs> um, so a lot of them, but it was good just to get back in and it almost felt like we had a, a clean slate, should I say. It was, yeah, there was a different feeling about this pre-season to obviously to the one before um, with what happened. So, but this year, I think, yeah, clean slate for everyone and, and fresh start. I think we've uh, started really well. And what, what do you think the impact's been of keeping the core of the squad together? I mean, four left and Us obviously yeah. came in and he was, he, he obviously, we had him last season. But yeah. it's very much a very tight-knit group. What was the impact yeah. of keeping all the boys together and not losing anyone? I think that's massive. I think uh, I think a lot of teams have, have put a lot of players together, and that takes time to gel. I think we we know that just as much as anyone from when we first that first season in the conference when I came over, and it was a whole new squad. It does take time to gel, so I think it was massive that we kept that core of the team. Like you said, we've added this added Cease, but he, he was already part of the group before that anyway. 
Um, everyone knows each other really well. Everyone gets on. So, yeah, it, it was massive for us. And I think you have to say fair play to the board and, and, and Martin and stuff like that for, for keeping that core group together and trusting them players. Because at the end of the day, look, they have to make decisions. And personally, I, I think it was a good decision to keep everyone together. Um, solid group of players that... I, we did underachieve last year don't get me wrong I think the circumstances that we were playing in last year were were bad like weren't great um, I think we took a while to adapt and the, I mean the whole season was a bit crazy if you look back at it now I think it was it was so I think there was more downs than ups but it was yeah it was a mad mad season um, I think towards the end of it just before Covid we started to hit a bit of form and we started to find the way we wanted to play and, and uh, yeah, hit a bit of form and then obviously COVID hit. So I sort of knew going into pre-season that this squad's got a good chance of doing something. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just good to be back really, mate, and uh, started really well, which is, is really positive. And another new addition, not to the playing um, side of things, but coaching has been Danny Sender. And it's been apparent that short corners have kind of started being introduced. There's a lot of free kick routines that we look really dangerous from, a lot of knockdowns to back post where you yourself at early getting down. Is that is that down to Danny Sender coming in? He does do a lot of set plays, yeah. He loves that. He, he's very good at that. Um, we're practising different sort of set plays to... Yeah, to keep other teams on their toes, obviously not have the same routine because teams stop that quite easily. Um, but yeah, he's been massive on the set play front. Him and Dino, I think, work together and yeah, come up with some really good ones. Um, so interesting ones, lots of some I've never heard of and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, he, he's been massive. He's, he's been a he's been a breath of fresh air. He's come in. He's, he's worked a lot with the defence and on all sorts of things ball speed across the back and positioning and the way he gets it across is really good it's really really good to work with him on the training ground really exciting so he's been a great addition yeah great to hear before we talk about what's been going on on the pitch can you just tell me your thoughts of when you walk into training one morning and suddenly you're face to face with Yaya Torre who's all kitted out in his Orient training gear <laughs> well it, it... I still still laugh about it today. He turned up and got out, I think he got out of an Uber with a mask on and his hood up. I was like, who's this? He's a big old boy. Um, <laughs> I went, Ross, it looks, it looks, like, it looks like a Yaya Torre out there. Is that not league Yaya Torre stood out there? And uh, Ross said, no, it, no, it is. It's Yaya Torre. No. No, I was like, no, no chance. No, it is. Took his, I took his mask off and there he is, Yaya Torre. Probably one of the world's best midfielders to ever grace the game. Um, goes in, gets his Orient training kit on, and comes out and sits with the boys. <laughs> it was baffling. It was baffling. And I, I can't speak highly enough of the guy. What a man. He uh, was telling us all stories, answered any questions anyone, all the boys had. It was like Yaya story time every day, every morning. He'd, he'd have six or seven lads around him listening to stories of, of Barcelona, him playing with Messi, or him setting up Aguero for goals, or stuff like that. And then he goes out and trains with Josh Colson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, different, surreal, very surreal. But Unreal. Yeah, brilliant. Unreal. So on, on the pitch, Jim, what are seven days, eight days it's been? Obviously, we go to Oldham, beat them with a, with a very late goal down to Danny Johnson. And then in midweek, two down at half-time. And again, a very late goal, an amazing second-half performance. And we win the game 3-2. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. 
completely few days. Um, I think the Oldham game was always going to be what it was. I think they we knew what they were about. Um, I think we defended really well. Stay in the game, stay in the game, and then lo and behold, we get a chance. Free kick on the halfway line, put it forward, win the first, win the first contact, and the magic man DJ's there to, to finish it off. Um, did it, it felt a bit like a smash and grab, but I think we we dominated the first half. They might have dominated the second half, but to come away with yeah, first game three points was job done. And then, uh, like you said, soon you're down against Plymouth. Um, what was at stake um, to come out second half I still feel like we went into the, into half time that game when I went in I thought we're 2-0 down but we've had some really good chances before they score and it could be 2 all, 3-2 to us even I think we just needed that one goal to unsettle them to stop them from doing what they wanted to do by passing out the back and taking risks and lo and behold we got one with Louis Dennis and then I think you see them almost crumble a little bit. Um, we, yeah, like you said, we played really well, and, and obviously Joby makes a very youthful run from deep in midfield straight into their box. So I was, as I was watching, I was like, "Go on, Joby!" <laughs> um, and then a great ball by Jordan, and a lovely little lob to finish by Joves, and then. If you ever want someone on the end of a long ball up top where centre-half could make a mistake, it's Danny Johnson. He, he is one of the only people that would make a scoring opportunity from that. Um, and yeah, there it is, finishes, great finish, one-on-one with a keeper. And, and we're through to the next round. It was yeah, brilliant feeling, brilliant feeling. And the boys played really, really well. So, uh, brilliant, brilliant. It was, as a fan, obviously not being there, but following it via... Orient Live, it was absolutely unbelievable when that third goal went in. Um, oh, yeah, it was good. As was yesterday. So, Mansfield was yesterday. Yeah. Two de- didn't make it easy on ourselves. Um, no. T- what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, scrappy game. I don't think... Uh, we sort of got sucked into their, their style of play a bit too much. Uh, we knew exactly what they were come. That three big centre-halves at the back will just head everything. Um, they'll go long into the two big big strikers and they'll make the game ugly um, and I don't think we managed to I don't think we managed to force ourselves on the game as much as we would like well we definitely didn't don't think we got the ball down and hurt them how we knew we could hurt them enough um, and then to go in yeah and to go 2 nil down and two very poor goals on from our, our perspective very two very Two very, very poor goals, yeah. Penalty, Brofs hold his hands up, he made that mistake, and then we've left someone in the box unmarked who has made a living out of doing that, standing in the box, tapping balls in the net. So to go 2 0 down like that was was very disappointing, but this group's got uh, it's got something about it, and, and we never give up. Um, so we always know that we've got half a chance of being in a game 2 0, it's just don't let them score the third. We can get the next goal. Who knows what can happen? So, so yeah, good. It was good to get, like you say, Danny Johnson tapping, come from a set play, never give up, score that goal, and then Bros makes a great, great run from deep to set up Solly to, to tap the ball in the net for two all, and it it did feel like a win a little bit when we scored that goal. Yeah. But when you analyse it after the game, I think we're, we're very disappointed with the way we played, but. That's a good thing. I think we we know we can be better, and we're we're not losing games. So that's uh, something I think we'll 
good in the season, definitely. Yeah, it was really important, I think, not to not to lose that one. And, and like you said, even though it's a, a point, it, you, most people come away thinking that was a win due to the, the drama that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. So before we talk about the big game coming up on Tuesday, I'm sh- I don't know if it's been mentioned in the dressing room, but tomorrow is the 21st of September, which is a pretty pivotal day if you're Josh Coulson. Fortune from being there. But just to finish, what, what's your message to the Orient fans? 
thank you, really. I mean, I, I can only imagine how hard it is. It's hard playing without them there. You know, there's, there's no atmosphere. It's, it's another element to where you have to get yourself up for the game. It's, it's different, obviously, especially when you're at home and that little buzz where sometimes you need a little kick up the bum or or them on their on the other team's back that helps. So just stay. Uh, it, it's, it must be so frustrating, but hopefully, hopefully there'll be fans in soon and and you'll be with us. And hopefully when you do come in, we'll we'll still be on a good run of form and. and kicking on and hopefully you come back and see the good football that we've been playing and all the hard work that's gone in over pre-season so yeah thank you and, and stay I'll try and stay sane without football to be honest because I know I, I know what I'd be like if I weren't if I could come and watch I don't know what my dad's like <laughs> Jesus speaking <laughs> to him after every game has been yeah trying to describe everything that happens even though he watches it but um, yeah thanks for all the support obviously they'll give us I think So that was my interview earlier this afternoon with Josh Coulson. A massive thank you to Luke and Dan uh, at the club for sorting that out. And thank you to Josh for taking the time to speak to me on his Sunday afternoon. I really enjoyed talking to him. Lovely bloke. He's a decent club man, isn't he? I think he's a, he's a, he's a fan's favourite for a reason. He's a really, really approachable guy. Uh, his, his wife um, is always up in the gallery at, at home games when I'm up there and I've got my little boy with me. She makes, comes over and makes a little fuss, a little Freddy. Uh, and Josh is always up for you know a chat upstairs. Really approachable, really nice guy. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you once again to Josh Coulson. So the ladies team got their league season underway this afternoon at home to Kent Football United. And after going a goal down early on, they equalised in the 80th minute through Young to get a one-all draw. So well done, ladies, on starting the season. So I think it's time, ads, at one hour, 25, almost a 90-minute podcast this evening, but, you know, two matches and a Josh Coulson interview. That is fair enough. Time to wrap this up. So fantasy football update. It's not worth doing a full table update as it stands. We've got 292 players at the moment. If you want to join our league, it's pretty straightforward. All you need to do is get the code to join the league, which I believe is VNU22R, all lowercase. So if you play Fantasy Premier League on fantasypremierleague.com, go and give our Fantasy Football um, League a join, and we'll update the table. Well, we'll go through the table in more detail next week once we've got a few more points kind of on the board. So positives and negatives of the week, then, Mr. Francis. I'll let you do. I'll let you do positives this week. Oh, okay. So positives are this week that we're still unbeaten this season. Absolutely, massive positive season. D, uh, DJ Danny Johnson's goal scoring form five in five. Amazing. That's um, a very healthy return for a striker, and and the team spirit. That's um, that's a massive positive. Yeah, I mean, you know, we spoke about it with Josh. I think we've spoken about it a few times tonight. Lots of tweets about it. They they fight for each other, yeah. and they all want to play. For the shirt and for Ross, which is all you can ask from your yeah. from your from your players. You I'll know. let you do the negatives. Then. I'll do the negatives. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, as 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 well as we're scoring, we're conceding some pretty horrific goals. Yeah. So the goals we conceded. Um, secondly, I mean, we don't know the extent of it. Ross has alluded to it at points. Josh mentioned he didn't feel so good. The the sickness bug going through the team. You know, we, we're being quite critical of some players, but for all we know, they could be playing while feeling an absolute terrible. So that's a negative. And the third, not not a club negative, um, just a, a negative period, is no fans in the ground. You know how great would it have been to be in that ground on the Tuesday, just gone to see your team two and all down to win three two to get a tie against Spurs, or to be two down against Mansfield and to get a last minute equaliser, 
or to go and watch the game against Tottenham. Would have been incredible. Yeah, at least we have the streaming. I mean, you know, everybody involved with the streaming, whether it be the Football League, the AFL, um, all of the the organisations that have set this, you know, streaming up, and then, and the effort that our club have gone into, you know, even with the, uh, you know, the fake the fake TV studio and having a guest in and doing weekly the, the analysis on the week before, it just makes something that's really already difficult a little bit more exciting to watch. I think like yeah, this was the first opportunity um, yesterday that I had to see it. Um, Ollie Buck having. Um, Peter Kitchen in, in the in the uh, studio, so it's great to get an Orient Legends perspective. I mean, he's always quite he's very pro Orient anyway, he's very mm. positive. Um, but it, it was just nice to see Orient going that little bit extra mile in trying to make it a little bit more fun for us supporters. I, I don't think every every other club's doing this. Some clubs you might just literally flick it on five minutes before team news comes up, game starts, that's it. And you know, and, and we've also got the when it works, the uh, the commentary from uh, Dave is is phenomenal. You know, so um, at least. We've got the TV stream. Yeah, very, very good point. Well made. So time then for the hero of the week. I think a few players who I want to mention before we actually name the hero of the week. I think Joby McEnough was in for a decent shout. Made a good impact on Tuesday. Scored a fantastic lob. Does well when he comes in. Danny Johnson. Another two for Danny Johnson. I think Satori was very lively on yesterday. Gets the last minute equaliser. And done well on Tuesday night as well. To be fair to him, we digress. None of those are winning. So tonight's hero of the week. I'll let you do this one. Tonight's hero of the week. We're going to give it to Ross Embleton. Yeah, well done, Ross Embleton. I mean, whatever you're saying, Ross Embleton, <laughs> at half-time, can I have some of that, please? Because that's just we incredible. I can't repeat it on this, uh, <laughs> as there's probably children listening to this show, but I can imagine he were, he'd given a bit of the hairdryer treatment, didn't he? Unbelievable. Well done, Ross. Uh, fantastic substitutions, half-time talks, and like we've said, we all would have taken where we are at this point now if we were offered that. And we just hope that you enjoy the upcoming two fixtures which pans nicely on to the upcoming fixtures. So two fixtures coming this week for the O's on Tuesday, 22nd of September. If you didn't know, and you must know, we entertain Spurs in the third round of the Carabao Cup. Spurs, seventh in the Premier League um, as it went to recording. They won 5-2 they won away today to Southampton. Like we've mentioned, there's so many factors and stories and connections between yeah. the clubs. Harry Kane, Justin, Ross, Ling, Wayne Burnett, it's just a few off the top of my head. I'm yeah. sure there's probably more. Um, and I just hope we give a good account of ourselves. And I, I think we will. I think it's going to be. A, I think it's going to be a decent game for fans to watch. And all we can do is go out there, try our best, give it our all. And like Josh said in his interview, enjoy it. If the players enjoy it and they don't concentrate too much on you know on on, on everything else and enjoy it, like Josh said, who knows? We could nick a draw, take it back to their place again. Penalties, mate. Oh, is it really? Oh, sorry. Nineteen minutes of penalties. Okay. But we could nick a, you know, nick a win, um, and or, or still nick the draw and, and go out on penalties. Either or, just make a good account of ourselves and uh, and 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 don't let the occasion get to us too much. And and like he says, it's cup football. You never know. Absolutely, It'd be very exciting either way. So that one kicks off at six o'clock live on Sky Sports. This is followed up with our League 2 return on Saturday, 26th of September, as the O's make the trip to Walsall. Walsall, not doing too bad. They're 7th in League 2. They drew two away to Harrogate yesterday. They won their first game, four points out of six. Similar to us, will be a difficult place 
to go, but we're on well at the moment, and they'll be looking at us going, that'll be a tough match as well. So two big fixtures coming up, as well as Josh Coulson Day on the 21st of September. Do you remember the 21st of September? I'll let you do the sponsorship reminder then before we come on to the outro. Yes, yeah, so the sponsorship reminder. So don't forget, for the best plastering and rendering prices around, which they are the best uh, Absolutely. And we are the best plasterers and renderers around, visit AJ <laughs> Some people might have other things to say about that. Visit AJF Plastering on Facebook or Big Ads LOFC on Twitter or www.ajfplastering.co.uk for all your plastering and rendering needs. So that is it. Thank you for joining us for episode 217. So what a week it has been at the club. Two dramatic matches, plenty of late drama. As at half-time in the Plymouth match, it looked like we were dead and buried at 2-0 down in the Carabao Cup. But thanks to a wonderful second-half performance and three very well-taken goals, we have progressed into the next round. And it was also a similar story on Saturday. Two late goals, so a salvage draw and maintain our unbeaten start to the season. Yeah, this week could prove to be another thrilling week at the club as Premier League Tottenham Hotspur visit live on Sky Sports, which is sure to get more great exposure for the club before we face Walsall away. Yep, so all we can do then is get behind Ross and the team, support him every way we can, and hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about a major upset in the cup. More goals for DJ, and hopefully our unbeaten start to the season continuing and remaining intact. Yeah, and if you are listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give the podcast a review. If you're listening on SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn or Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll be able to have all the podcasts available as soon as we upload them. Yeah, podcasts are now available on Amazon Music as well, so we will get ourselves sorted on that, as well as being on Google Echoes and Amazon Alexa and all the smart speakers, we're all on there. And if you have an older relative, a loved one, or an Orient Chum, or a Tottenham fan who is looking forward to the game, just tell them about your own podcast, grab their phone, download it for them, and please remember to pass the pod. So a massive thank you tonight, not only to Josh Coulson for coming on the podcast, but to... My co-host guest, Adam Francis, I thought you'd been fantastic. I mean, it's a bit different from being a guest to a co-host. How did you, how did you find it? Yeah, it's a little bit different. I think I rambled a few words. Uh, people have to, uh, to bear with me with that. Uh, I'm not a great reader. Um, but I enjoyed it. And uh, hopefully people... I'm not sure people are not going to agree with everything I've said. That's uh, the way of the world. That is the way of the world and everyone has an opinion. Um, but... I've enjoyed it and hopefully people have enjoyed listening to, to what we spoke about tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've been great. So I'll, I'll let you I'll let you do the outro. I'll let, I'll let you handle this one. So the podcast will be back with episode 218 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. We look forward to hearing you, hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Have a great week. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Up the O's. Up the O's. <laughs>